0: Hebrews chapter number 10, and um, again, uh, I've been preaching on the cross for several weeks, and Got a, a message or two more I'd like to finish if it's the Lord's will, and uh, but not today. And so that's the thing about preaching a series. There's nothing wrong with preaching a series as long as you don't get in God's way in doing that. Amen. And hey, when the Lord says do this, you just have to obey him this morning. Hebrews chapter number 10, a verse of scripture that every one of us probably can quote this morning, but I think it's necessary for this hour. Verse number 25 The Bible said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in your presence this morning, I pray for these next few moments that you'll touch us and give us liberty. Thank you for Bible Baptist Church. Thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for them that are gathered here this morning. We pray for those who are not physically able to be here this morning. God, that you would touch them and help them. And I pray now that you'll get glory and honor and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I was sitting in church yesterday and I'm telling you just out of nowhere, uh, God hung this verse of scripture on my heart and gave me this little thought and he said I want you to preach this simple thought. I want to preach this morning on this subject on why it's still right to have church at night. Amen. Why it is still right I have church at night. You say, why would you preach that? Because that's what God told me to preach and I'm just gonna preach what God told me to preach. Why it is still right to have church at night. You see, we're living in a day when all the mandates uh, and the mask and the membership and the money has dictated a lot of preachers as to when and where we're gonna have what time we're going to have church. Now, I don't wanna get off on mask because uh, I was in the airports this week and I'll tell you, I got so aggravated uh, being in an airport, amen, uh, on all these mask mandates, and I don't have a problem with you wearing a mask to church if it makes you feel better, but I do have a problem uh, with the government making us wear masks uh, about smothered in that thing for about eight hours. Just give me about two minutes, I'll get this out of my system, and I'll be all right, amen. And then we get on an airplane and like a bunch of uh, nimwits, amen, everybody pulls their mask off to eat cookies and and drink. uh, uh, Listen, uh, Coca-Cola, I'm just—we're living in a crazy world. Is what I'm trying to say. And listen, there's a lot of preachers that have just surrendered to this hour that we're living in. I may go to jail one day, and I hope you'll send me a send me a piece of food or something if I get in there, or a card say you're praying for me. But they just something in me, and I believe if you're a red-blooded American. There's something in you that just wants to rise up and say, "I've had enough mandates for my lifetime." I've worn enough masks in my lifetime and it's just time we get back to being Americans, amen, and live our life. But what is really sad is we're seeing this creep into our churches, amen. It is affecting our churches. As I was sitting in church yesterday morning, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost started dealing with my heart. I had my mind on something else, what I was gonna preach on and God started dealing with me and I just started writing some things down and I wrote them back down to this morning and I want to give them to you, amen. Because what has happened is is we've allowed the balance of spirituality and safety be replaced with the benefits of preachers and popularity. There's a lot of men that's not going back to Sunday night services. They're not going back to Wednesday night services. And you say, preacher, why would you preach this? Because I think sometimes as a pastor, you just got to clear you off a patch, a patch of land and draw some lines in the sand and I just need to be reminded and you need to be reminded uh, exactly where we stand, where we're headed uh, and what we're going to do in these last days. Amen. I can tell you this morning on the authority of the word of God uh, we're going to keep on having church. I uh, Listen, everybody else can do what they want to uh, and go as they will uh, uh, but Bible Baptist Church is going to keep on having church uh, and the doors are going to be open Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night and revival nights because it's still important, amen. Isn't that right? I think it ought to be preached friend because we're living in a time when COVID-19 has revealed the apathy and the attitude and the agenda of a lot of pastors and preachers and congregations they've been looking for a reason to dismiss Sunday night and Wednesday night services for a long time they traded faith time for family time, they traded choirs for cookouts and preaching for picnics on Sunday afternoon and they put the emphasis on the family hey I believe in the family and I believe in the home but the family that goes to church together is a family that's going to stay together amen and we still need church on Sunday night and on Wednesday night you say is that in the Bible it's in this verse we read this morning and in this verse there is six reasons six things here in this one verse as to why it's still right to have church at night amen You see, there's a lot that they've gathered this morning and they won't meet again until next week. And everybody, a church will suffer spiritually when it only has one service a week. How you say, well, it's tradition, it's truth this morning. And it's truth that is found in our text. I, I don't want to come this morning with an axe to grind. That's not my motive. I'm not coming this morning with a church down the road in mind. I really don't care. I do care about other churches. I hope you understand that. But I'm not accountable for the church down the road. And I wouldn't waste my time or your time preaching about some church down the road because that's not going to benefit your life. But I am concerned about the membership setting in this church this morning that we don't get caught up and we don't get wrapped up uh, and that our young people don't grow up uh, in an environment where they think it's okay, the less church you have, uh, it's good. That's not what this verse says this morning. That's not what the principles of this book teaches this morning. And so that's the basis as to why I feel like the Lord laid it upon my heart to preach this message, amen? And I promise you I'm preaching it this morning because it'll probably help the crowd tonight, amen? Uh, But I'm saying this morning, it's still right to have church at night. Somebody say amen. You say, preacher, why is this still right? Number one, it's right in verse 25 because of the command. We're given a direct command in this verse. Notice what he said, not forsaking. We're given a command to not forsake the house of God. I don't blame the people this morning. I blame the preachers in America who are dismissing services. And I understand back during the pandemic, a lot of us didn't know what to do if we just be honest as pastors. If I would have known in April what I knew in September, we sure wouldn't have took a month off, amen? But we didn't know what we were facing or what we were dealing with. So for the sensibility and the safety of others, we did the only thing that we knew to do. And you know, like every other church, we tried everything in the world uh, uh, to do what we were supposed to do to try to be responsible. I didn't want to throw caution to the wind uh, uh, because other people's lives was at stake. Uh, I might have had my own idea and my own opinion about a lot of things, about the virus, about a mask, about other things. Uh, uh, But when you're in a place of leadership, you don't base decisions uh, uh, based off yourself. Amen. It's always going to affect other people. Isn't that right? But you know it's... As well as I do, the time comes when we just have to say enough's enough. We got to carry on, live or die. We got to walk by faith. We have got a mandate that's bigger than their mandate. We have got a mission that's bigger than their mission. Our agenda is greater than their agenda. We're on one side and they're on the other and we've been given a command and the command is not to forsake the house of God. Amen. Now I'm gonna tell you something about this command and this text. It's plain and I'm glad it's plain this morning. You know, as preachers, if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in things, and and many have. that uh, Men have learned how to dance around a lot of subjects and topics without ever really being clear in where they stand or what they believe. I mean, some preachers would make good politicians uh, with, uh, because they've learned how to give an answer without really giving an answer. But when you go to the pages of the Word of God, I'm glad that God is very clear, He's very plain in what He has to say, and that's what I need. Amen? I, I I just need preaching that's going to be simple, preaching that's going to be applicable. I need preaching that I can listen and understand and that my family can understand and we can apply it to our life. And as men of God, we're not to apologize for the truth. We're not to be arrogant about the truth, but we ought to preach the truth and take a stand. And the stand is this. We've been given a command to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And that command is plain. It is prohibited. God said don't do this and it is a permanent command it's still in this book and God has not changed his mind about church this morning amen the command is why it's still right to have church at night then I'll say not only the command but the congregation look what he said in verse 25 again: not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together The congregation has given a command to come together. And we come together as a congregation we have standard meetings, that Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that Sunday school Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Those are our standard meetings. We know it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and then it's 7 o'clock. As a church, we can set that time at any time. Isn't that right? But we've been given, yeah, we've set those meetings. And if you're a member of a local church and you ought to be a member of a local New Testament church, somebody say, man, don't float around, don't hop knob around. Uh, listen, the reason a lot of people don't want ever to ever join a church is because because they don't want to be committed, amen? But I'm telling you, friend, you ought to be committed to your local church. And listen, you ought to be committed to those standard meetings. And then you ought to be committed to those, listen, to those special meetings, amen? When the congregation is having a special meeting, you say, what's that? That's revival, amen? That's a special Saturday service or maybe a Monday night jubilee or something. Those special meetings, we ought to be faithful. We ought to not forsake because of the congregation I want to ask you a question this morning you don't have to raise your hand but you can say amen to it don't you thank God you're a part of the church I'm a part you say well now the church is the universal church and and, and I'm I'm saved I'm baptized in the body of Christ so therefore I'm a part of the church I understand that but there's a local church when Paul was talking about the churches, when John was writing to the churches, uh, he wasn't talking about the universal church, but he was talking about the church of Ephesus, amen? The church of Sardis, uh, uh, the church at Antioch, uh, in the, the book of Acts, all throughout the church epistles, Acts and the church epistles. Uh, uh, listen, there's local New Testament churches, uh, and those churches have special meetings. Uh, and when they had special meetings, the congregation came together. And you and I, listen, we ought to be there for the special meeting. Meetings, the standard meetings, and then the spontaneous meetings. That's when God just moves in. And you wasn't planning on having church, but you had it. Well, thank God for some spontaneous meetings, don't you? I mean sometimes uh, we have the three week revival uh, back in uh, uh, back in January as you, you think back down through the years uh, there's been times when no re- meeting was on schedule uh, but God moved I remember one time we had a revival scheduled in October and uh, boy the Lord troubled me not to have that meeting I called the, both the evangelists there was two of them that was scheduled to be with us uh, I said listen it's not anything to do with you it's really not anything to do with our church there's no problems there's no trouble I just don't feel like the Lord is leading to have this meeting. I said, and our church is going to send both of you an offering. They were full-time evangelists, and I think that was the right thing to do. I didn't want to knock them, uh, listen, cause them to have to suffer financially uh, because of maybe a mistake that I had made, uh, and so, or missed the Lord's will, and so we just canceled that revival. We mailed both of them a check and took care of them. You know what? About two months later, when we wasn't even planning to have a revival, uh, God just sit down here, and for about two and a half half weeks, uh, we had an unannounced meeting and God met with us. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm glad that God still moves in the congregation. And when the congregation comes together, uh, listen, that's the reason why we ought to have church. Uh, That's why we ought to be in the house of God. Uh, We ought to be faithful. We ought to be there. It's still right to have church on Sunday night because of the congregation. Amen. Then I want to say it's still right to have church at night because of the compromise and the casualties. Look what he said in this verse, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. When people start laying out of church and missing church, things do not get better, they get worse. Is that right this morning? We should not miss church for family, amen. You say, well my relatives showed up, invite them to come with you, amen. He said, well, they're not gonna come. Tell them what time you'll be back, amen. Order, order them some Chick-fil-A at DoorDash and let them drop it off and say, hey, we'll see you around 7.30, 8 o'clock, amen. I mean, just let them stay at the house. Don't let them keep you at home. You go on to the house of God. Some of them church for fun. They would rather be at the lake or they would rather be at the ball field and they have traded Bible study for ball and they have traded, listen, prayer meeting night for play and fun and they're out there enjoying the things of this world when they ought to be in the house of God. I'm telling you how many times on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night did God give you what you stood in need of and what if your church would have shut down and said no more Sunday nights no more Wednesday night services let's just have small groups let's just have little prayer meetings that nobody probably goes to and people sit around and eat donuts and drink coffee and talk about other members in the church. I'm You, that's not what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to come together, amen. But we're living in such a compromising hour, and we're having casualties by the dozen, and people are having fallout in the house of God because one time a week it's not enough. Hallelujah. It's not enough. Now, this morning I understand while I'm preaching, there are people that's members of this church that physically. If if they can make it one time a week it's all they can do and I understand that can I get an amen there are people up in years that because of health issues, when night time comes, they cannot see to drive. And I'd rather they listen, I hate that, but I understand that and you understand that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that says, well, you know, I, I don't go to church on Sunday night because pastor, he just said it's better for us to get together with all of our family and be a witness to them. And hey, you can get with them on a Saturday night and be a witness to them or on Friday night and be a witness to them but Sunday ought to be the Lord's day. Isn't that right? Hey, we ought to go to the house of God if we're physically able. We shouldn't compromise that principle. I'm telling you, we've been given a command. Let's don't be like that crowd, amen, that one time a week is good enough for other. We ought to go to church every opportunity we have. Isn't that right? Now there's a lot of scenarios where sometimes people have to miss church, Some of you sitting here this morning are having to deal with those scenarios. You know that I'm not fussing on you about that. But I'm telling you, I'm concerned that there's an apathy and there's a complacency after last year that has crept into our churches and into our pulpits. I, I've, I've actually heard pastors, and I'm not the only pastor that's heard this. I've heard men make statements like this. Well, you know, we're only having church one time a week and and the offerings are as good on that one day. They've not changed. And the salary is the same. You know, if you're all about the money, I reckon that's a good thing. Amen. Hey, I'm glad the offerings God took care of us during COVID. Can I get a witness? And I'm glad that the offerings actually went up and, and stayed up and that proved up to us that God is going to take care of us. But there's more to church than an offering plate. Can I get an amen? There's more to a good church than a big bankroll and money's to come in the church to be spent to go out for the work of God and for the work of the ministry. And this is not, we're not a bank and we're not a loan company and I'm not the CEO of some company and we're not running a business. Can I get a amen right there? And listen, as preachers, uh, I know that we want to live comfortable. Every preacher worries uh, to some effect who's concerned about his end days and his retirement. And I'll tell you what, as men of God, we have to resolve ourselves too it was God that started taking care of us when we had nothing. And it'll be God that'll take care of us in the end. Uh, and it's gonna be God that's gonna take care of you. Uh, and as preachers, we can't get so wrapped up uh, in what our uh, paycheck and our retirement fund's gonna be about uh, that we lose sight of the souls of men uh, and helping the homes and the hearts of those that are sitting in the congregation. We've got to keep the doors open. We've got to have church uh, because of families in our pews, uh, at least in their lives and their their homes and their children and their souls depend upon it. Amen? Isn't that right? And tonight or this morning, we ought to have church. It's still right to have it at night because of all the compromise. The family, the fund, the finances, the flesh. Let's just face it. Let's be honest this morning. From this preacher to the pew. Every one of us on a Wednesday night, our flesh has talked to us. Amen. I mean, I love to go to church and you love to go to church, but you know as well as I do, the flesh sometimes will say, you're tired. Boy, wouldn't it be good if you didn't have to go to church tonight? Wouldn't it be good if if you could just have Sunday night off? I'll be honest with you, 30 days at home about drove me crazy. Can y'all say amen to that? 30 days not meeting with the church and then we came back and we had four services on Sunday. Now that 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 was a little bit too much too. Amen. I, I Listen, after 30 days, I was off for having four services. Let's get them all in here. I'm telling you, your tongue's hanging out by the end of the day, you know. And uh, you can't have too much church. I know that. But you know what I saw when we did start coming back? It was like a family reunion because some people hadn't saw each other in two months. Amen. I'm telling you, I couldn't imagine just having church one time a week. I, are you Y'all still with me this morning? I'm talking about the compromise, the casualties. Listen, if you start going to church one time a week, and I'm not talking about the fact that you may not be able to help, but you choose not to go back. You choose to do something else. You know what will happen to you spiritually? You Listen, spiritually, you will drift on God. Happened to all of us. I wanna say it's still right to have church tonight because of the compromise. It's still right to have church tonight because of the call. Why do we come together? The answer's right here. Yes, exhorting one another. People say, preacher, you can worship God at home as well as you can at church. You can sit at church on Sunday night in your living room in your pajamas with a, you know, a bowl of chicken noodle soup and a, and a grilled cheese sandwich and a, and, you know, and a glass of milk and you can watch the service online in the comfort of your own home. You can still get help from the preaching and all that's true. But what you cannot do is encourage one another. You see, God don't need church this morning. He don't need this place. God's sitting in the presence of himself and that is church, isn't that Right? God is sitting in the presence of angelic beings and he is being worshipped and he is being magnified uh, as I speak this morning uh, God doesn't need this place uh, he comes by this place uh, this is his place uh, he visits in this place uh, but God don't need church this morning but can I tell you I sure need church this morning uh, and you need church this morning uh, and we need each other amen uh, and there's an accountability at church uh, that you can't get watching it online there's an attendance at church that you can't get online there's an amen at church that you can't get online I'm just simply saying up. when we come together we exhort one another we encourage one another that's the cause that's why we come here is to be a blessing to one another that's why that I should never come to church in a bad mood that's why I should never come to church and be a grizzly bear to somebody else in the church. That's why I should never come to church and, and get mad at somebody in the church. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> Y'all pray for me, and I'll pray for you. That's why I should come to church every time with a smile on my face and a spring in my step. He said, have you always done that? Preacher, no, but that's the goal in mind. That's why I should always come to church and, and give a good crispy handshake, or give a handshake. I don't know about a crispy one, Amen. Go to church and give a good firm handshake. Let's put it that way. And go to church and, and say brother and sister. You know, I was in our church the other day and everybody called everybody by their name. It drives me crazy. And just first name basis. I, I think we ought to call each other brother and sister. Can I get a witness right there? I know some country folks may do that, with that, but I'll tell you, it's a show of respect and it's a show of spirituality. It doesn't make you spiritual, but you're recognizing our place in the family of God, that we belong to God's family. You're a brother, you're a sister if you've been saved. And I wanna say this morning, there's a cause. Listen, our attitude should be right when we go to the house of God. And this morning, it's still right to have church at night because that cause encourages the saints then I want to say we're still right to have church at night because of the charge. Look what he said. It's very simple. And so much the more. You ought to underline that in your Bible if you hadn't already. Because I really believe as a pastor, if I was to stop having church on Sunday night and Wednesday night, number one, I hope somebody would say something about it. Number two, to stop having church on Sunday night and Wednesday night would go against the very scripture we just read this morning. We're not to have less church today. We're to have more. A man asked me not too long ago, he said, how many revivals do you have at the church? I said, well, don't base it off what we do. I know every church is different, but I said, we have four meetings a year. He said, four? I said, brother, I said they're going to come the same whether you have two or have four. I said, the fact is we need more revivals now than we've ever had. You have meetings and you, you have revival. Both of them are good. You can't plan revival. You can plan a meeting, but you can't plan revival. That's the sovereign work of God. God has to send revival. And when we have a meeting, the hope is, is that revival will take place in that meeting. But listen, meetings are good for a church. You know why? Because we come together and we're preaching the word of God and it maintenances the church. That's why we have a winter revival and a spring revival and a spring jubilee and a fall some type of a meeting. You know why? Because it helps us. And we're to do that so much the more. We're to be faithful. We're to have more church in the latter days why? Because our young people needs it. Our homes needs it. Moms and dads needs it. The preacher needs it. I'm talking about it's still right to have church at night because the charge is don't have it less the closer you get to the end. Make sure you have it more. Make sure you assemble together more and more and more and the closer we're getting. uh, You know what the world's trying to do? They're trying to shut that down. They're trying to get us uh, uh, to use fear mongering and intimidation uh, and they're trying to even use the law uh, uh, to get us to quit having less church or to have less church oh they'd love to shut the churches down they'd love to close the doors and let everybody sit at the house and just read their Bible and draw straight one from another that way but that's not God's way amen the church is to be a beacon of light in the community I'm telling you the church is to be the salt of the earth and we're to keep our doors open and our lights on it's still right to have church at night hallelujah amen. on Sunday night Wednesday night, revival night, any night. You can't, you can't have too much, church. A man asked me just this year, he said, you know, he said, uh, he said I'm, he was struggling with a revival meeting. It wasn't a meeting that I was in, but he said, I'm struggling. This we're in, we're in the second week of this meeting. He said, I'm struggling as to whether or not to go the third week. He said, will you help me pray about it? I said, I will. I said, but I'll tell you something. I said, I understand where you're at. I said, because as a pastor, you want to be sensitive. You know it's people's time and you don't want to just come together to be coming together. I said, I can understand every bit. I said, but let me tell you something to take the pressure off of you. I said, if you can't get settled and God is moving, just go the third week. He said, why? I said, because it's never wrong to have church. I said, do you really think you're going to get the judgment seat and God is going to reprimand you because you decided to have five more nights of preaching and singing in church? He said, no. I said, if you can't get the clear answer, just go on. I said, you can always shut it down, but just go on. You see, the charge is so much the more. Can I tell you something? I thank God for Bible Baptist Church in these days. I'm telling you when churches are dying all across this country, and when compromises on every corner, and I'm telling you when you walk in churches, and I'm telling you it's like walking in a funeral home in a lot of places nowadays. They got the program, they got the format, they got the facilities, and, and they got the facade, amen? I'm telling you, there's no breath. And I, We sung that song this morning just over in the glory land. I'm telling you, we sung that song, I don't know how many times down through the years, uh, but when Brother Brian started leading that song this morning, uh, I don't know about you, but I felt a breeze uh, from another world pass by, and then Brother Danny got up and started teaching. Uh, he was teaching on the tribulation, uh, but it was a feeding my soul this morning, uh, I'm telling you, God was moving. And then the choir got up to sing and they started singing that old song you are talking about. And you could feel heaven in that song. I said, dear God, thank you. Thank you for not leaving us to ourself. Thank you for still passing by. Thank you for giving us a place on the side of the road. And it's still right to have church at night. Hallelujah. So much the more. I want to say in closing, we still right to have church at night because of the coming of our Savior. He said, as you see the day approaching, it's coming, isn't it? I'll tell you what's coming. Jesus is coming. For us that are saved, Jubilee's coming. And for those that are lost, judgment is coming. And I'll tell you, the closer we get to the coming of Jesus Christ. I wanna have church, don't you? I don't know about anybody else outside this congregation this morning. I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, uh, listen, they can do whatever they want to. Uh, I'm not gonna go uh, get on social media and start criticizing other people. Uh, listen, they, they'll just have to answer the judgment seat. I'll tell you here at 110 Tally Avenue, uh, uh, by the good grace of God, uh, until the trumpet sounds, uh, we're gonna have church at night, amen, uh, and we're gonna have it in the morning, amen, and we're gonna have it on Sunday, and we're gonna have it on Wednesday. And every time God lets us, we're gonna have it on Monday night and Tuesday night and th- Wednesday night and Thursday night and Friday night. Hey, we are going to have church at night because it's still right. The king is coming night, and I wanna be having church when he comes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Brother Sammy, Brother Sammy used to, he used to always get me about something. Sometimes I, we'd have a little three-day meeting and I'd see him and he'd say, well, I'm praying for your meeting. I'd say, thank you, preacher. But he'd say, now, you know you can't have revival in three days. <laughs> That's right. I got sick, I was supposed to preach revival at one church and I told the pastor, I said, I mean, I missed here on Sunday. I said, I said I'm not gonna be able to be there. And, uh, had a uh, stomach flu and I, I said i miss missing my own church there's no way I can show up at your church Miss my own church on Sunday I'm not going to show up there on Monday I said I don't think I'll be better he said I don't know who to get I said well call brother Sammy he called brother Sammy oh it's raining I got 10 more minutes amen <laughs> I'm going to keep you dry and uh, I said call brother Sammy and ask if he could come he called brother out he called me back he said he's coming he said but that three day meeting got turned into a five night meeting He said, said, we'll just run on through Friday. I said, well, that's okay. He said, yeah, he said, to tell you to get better and be there Wednesday night. I said, I can't be there Wednesday night. He said, come on. He said, he's praying for you. But he'd say, you can't have have revival in three days. I I said, preacher, I said, you know, the resurrection was in three days. (laughs) He'd say, you ain't Jesus neither. (laughs) You wasn't gonna get him on nothing, brother, nothing. But he thought you ought to have at least two weeks of revival. You know, I'm, I, this is a compliment to this congregation. I'm glad I'm in a church that when we have meetings, nobody fusses about it. I understand people sometimes have to work and it may knock you out of a service or out of a, out of a Sunday sometimes. I understand things like that happen. But somebody asked me not too long ago, said, how much of a drop-off do you have on Sunday night and wing? I said, honestly, I said, are folks really good about coming to church? I said, it varies, obviously, but not to no great degree. And I said, I'll tell you this much. I said, if they're not there, for the most part, it's because they can't be. I said, now, we have some that's probably out sinning or at home watching the Braves when they ought to be there. But I said, we pray about them. Amen. If you're at home on Sunday night watching the Braves and your TV blows up, know your preacher's praying for you. (laughs) Amen. That's right. If you lay out of church and you go to the ball field on Wednesday night and you get hit in the head with a a softball or a baseball, know that I've been praying for you. Isn't that right? Well, it's still right to have church at night. Brother, I'm glad tonight at six o'clock we're gonna have church. I'm glad that Wednesday night at... Seven o'clock. And and, hey, sometimes we have fellowships and we have a little bit of fun for the young people at six o'clock. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I tell you, it's not going to ever, never, ever, never take the place of church. Isn't that right? By the grace of God, we're not breaking up in little groups and I'm not criticizing other people. But as long as we got people that'll stand in the choir, let's have choir singing on Wednesday night. Isn't that right? as long as there's somebody that can come and preach. uh, Let's have preaching on Wednesday night. As long as somebody's got a testimony, let's have some testifying on Wednesday night. Hey, let's have some shouting, let's have some singing. I quit, but it's still raining, amen? I'm telling you, hey, as long as we're having, as long as we're here, let's don't piddle around. Let's don't just come together and have cookies and donuts. No, let's have church, amen? Let's have some good old-fashioned singing and some old leather lungs straight back preaching, amen? Let's have some hallelujahs and some praise gods and some I'm testifying. Let's still have meeting. Hallelujah. Let's stay this way until Jesus comes as